This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Tom Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Presented by the law offices of Pond Lahaki Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to a Saturday night. This is the live edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, presented by Pond Lahaki Giordano. Great to be back here, J. Doc, live. We uh, love cheering for the Nittany Lions, but sometimes <laughs> when they play uh, late on a Saturday, our entire schedule gets a little bit discombobulated, which once in a while is fine and okay, but glad to be back in our normal slot. Yep. Uh, a lot of ground to cover. Two full live hours tonight of the Labor Show uh, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We've got a great guest, the serious guest, the real deal, uh, joining us here in the first half hour, the opening half hour of our number one, and then a special labor leader uh, is going to join us in the second half here of our number one. But first, welcome in, my friend. Nice to have you back here live in my studio. And I thought there's at, at times, I, right. I, you wouldn't believe it that I would actually say that, but it is nice to have you <laughs> well, back here. Well, you know, it's been so long, Joe. I almost got lost on the way up, but it's great to be here, of course. And uh, it, it is, it is uh, great to be live, and certainly it's great to have Sam Pond, who we're going to be bringing in in the first segment. And uh, but before we talk to Sam, uh, the the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame, um, which uh, you know we are launching uh, here on the broadcast, and this is uh, an opportunity for us to recognize, memorialize, and really champion our labor leaders past and present who who created the movement who who uh, made the movement what it is today and 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 of course we had our our launch show a couple of weeks ago and and Sam Staten senior um, we are recognizing he's our first inductee um, and we we have a list uh, a, 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 you know an arm's length long and and certainly we're excited we're going to do some unbelievable dedications we're going to be at the the, the laborers hall and certainly uh you know we're going to have the people that knew him the people that uh, you know can, can can lay testament to what he's impacted this community uh, uh about yeah i'm really excited to be there for the bre- for the event we're going to do the uh we're going to do a two-hour event we're going to do a uh, do a broadcast we'll record live to tape because we're going to do the first uh induction on a saturday morning yeah uh instead of us doing it live on a saturday night but i'm very very excited about that the legends uh, of labor hall of fame well done good stuff and congrats again sam staten senior uh is the first and um some things in life you get to live on you know they say many times it's not about what you do uh it's about what people remember when you leave here uh, and the lives that you change and that certainly is the case uh with sam well well sam 
Sam Sr. impacted uh, not only the laborers' union, but the city of Philadelphia, politics as we know it, the, the union movement as we know it. And so we're going to, by the way, we're going to get to go over his accolades, uh, his contributions. Um, man, it, you know, I, I couldn't be more excited. And people, and it's also to educate the public on um, you know, our labor community and our labor leadership in hopes that we can, de- uh, we can develop and inspire the next generation of labor leaders. A little bit of irony. Our opening guest here also shares the same name, Sam, and also shares the same ideals. I've said it to Sam Pond many, many times. This man and his firm continues to change the lives of so many people, generational changes, uh, and many times Sam will never know the people and the lives that he's changed, and it's great to have him here with us live here on a Saturday night. Sam Pond, welcome back in, man. Welcome into the Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Well, Krause and uh, J-Doc, thanks uh, thanks for the nice words. You know, um, uh, the legends of labor in the Philadelphia labor community uh, that line could go uh, north and south on Broad Street. Um, and, you know, Joe, you, you said the word impact and the sacrifice uh, that um, on so many lives, the, the way of life, uh, a decent wage, a future, um, families, connection, uh, building the city, building the region, uh, that these men and women that have led the Philadelphia labor movement you know, I always say, you've heard me say it a million times, uh, any one of them could run a Fortune 500 company actually better than that CEO with the MBA out of Wharton. Uh, these men and women have been shoulder to shoulder with uh, the giants and the titans of industry. Um, and it's just, you know, even to be on this show and to be around them uh, is an honor for me. And you know what's interesting, Sam? There's a... There's a uh... A, a, a sector of academia that studies labor leaders and it, it's very interesting because um and you know yourself as 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 uh, the leader of a firm okay and and to be able to develop uh, an organization at the at the level that you have national nationally acclaimed labor leaders are in a very interesting you know area where they are leading men and women okay and, and and at the same time, you know, dealing with the outside politics, with you know, with 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 uh, with uh, their, their scope of work and all those situations. And what's interesting about it, those men and women are the individuals that are voting for them, and so they're negotiating on behalf of them. They're creating, uh, you know, uh, you know, standards on behalf of them. And what's interesting is sometimes they have to make decisions that uh, they know. Uh, that the, the, the men and women of their union may not like. Sometimes, for example, it, you know, the economy might be bad and it may not be time for a raise. And somebody's got to uh, be, be obviously smart enough to stand up and say, you know what, we have uh, signatory contractors that are, you know, you know, working real hard and dedicated to our union. And this time the economy's not good and, it's, and, and we're not going to take a raise. Having the ability to, 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 to break, you know, to kind of, uh, work on behalf and delegate on behalf of your members, not be afraid of them, lead on behalf of them, and making them understand that, you know, it's because you love them and care about them that you're making that decision is not something that everybody can do. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's uh, being a labor leader is a very, very interesting position. You know, Joe, we, we could talk about leadership uh, probably for all, all two hours, uh, but yeah, well, well said by you. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and you, no one knows more than you. So having said that, Sam, uh, speaking of leaders, we've had, uh, you know, you, uh, Joe and I and, and, and your partners had the opportunity to uh, do a show at Pond La Hockey with Josh Shapiro. We have a big election coming up. Uh, lots going on, no question about it. I'd like you to kind of delve into it because, uh, you're, you know, we love having you on the broadcast. You make this possible, this broadcast. You have since the beginning, but it's no coincidence that you're on right now. Talk about the importance, obviously, of the upcoming election. What's on the line? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's extremely important. We're, you know, we're maybe six weeks out now, and, uh, you know, people have to get out and vote. And if you, you know, haven't had an opportunity to register, you've got to, in the future, be able to register and have your, your voice heard. This is your duty as a citizen. It's your obligation. You can't uh, complain about any results of what's going on in regard to policy unless you're going to go out there and carry out your duty. It's not a big lift, but everyone's got to go out and vote. And by the way, we need to have educated voters. We can't be ignorant when we go into the ballot box or mail in our ballot. You have to understand what the issues are, who the men and women are for running for office. So it's very, very important, and this is an extremely big election statewide. Uh, without even getting into the to the federal midterms in Congress at the Senate level and the House of Representatives, but statewide it's an extremely uh, important uh, election. Uh, in in President Biden and I was with a, I was with a number of labor leaders this week at an event. You know the the chip uh, piece of legislation to have chip manufacturing and be subsidized by the government to make sure that we protect our own shores and that technology is going to create a bounty of union jobs because these facilities are used. They're going to be all union. Um, we're seeing probably since the 1950s, we're seeing more of a, a union movement more than ever right now uh, in regard to some places like Amazon and Starbucks, uh, even Walmart. We're seeing this so that men and women can have a decent wage, uh, a benefits package, uh, hopefully a retirement package and a future. So we have energy on on this level josh is uh uh he is a guy that i have this just been since he's gotten into the the general assembly out of uh montgomery county at the state level he's just been impressive he's not an empty suit he is someone that comes rolls up his sleeve get his the job done when he was in the general assembly and he may be arguably the best attorney general that we've ever had you talk about hard decisions um, having to go after big, powerful organizations and corporations. Um, yep. He's done it. You know it. You talked about it, and he got it done. He has good lawyers around him in his office, and he gets into that governor's office. I'm going to tell you, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is going to have a star at the executive level that we haven't had for many, many years. Governor Wolf's been great, and I'm going to say Josh is going to be better. Um, so this is an extremely, extremely important race, and I can tell you the latest polling is very, very close. Um, you know, Josh is going to be there, I think, for organized labor. He's talked about that. He's talked about creating jobs. He's talked about vocations um, in the industry. So we've got to have people get out. Look, I have men and women that are in the movement coming to my office uh, every day, whether it's in our downtown office or our northeast office, and I've seen them throughout the country. We speak throughout the country. You know, a lot of working men and women that get up early to get on these job sites, 
uh, in organized labor, the building trades, whatever, they're a little concerned about some social issues. They're a little concerned about some things that are being done. Um, some policies that, quite frankly, don't make sense. Uh, and you've got to step back and hopefully understand that I think they're going to be addressed by some of the people that are going in the office statewide. Um, you know, murder is not acceptable. Murder is not acceptable. Stealing and looting and, and is not acceptable. Having some, I, listen, idealism is, is, is nice. Idealism without realism, with real consequences of idyllic policies, is a disaster. It's a disaster. So I think that the, the people that are going to be there for us statewide, uh, and especially uh, for the governor's office and Josh Shapiro, uh, aren't going to sit here and, and you know have things that policies that just don't make common sense and are hurting people and actually having people die uh, and not having our citizens safe or whatever the other issues may be. And we can talk about all of those that litany of of policies that really, quite frankly, are intellectually insulting. Uh, don't make uh, any sense and are literally killing people, uh, they'll be addressed. And they've been addressed by the attorney general of this state. So we've got a lot at stake coming up, and uh, people have to get out and, and make sure that we keep up the momentum that we have in the labor movement. Sam Pond is our special guest here on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. We're live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll take a short commercial break. We'll pick it up with Sam on the other side. And Sam, we promise to get you out by the bottom half of the hour. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. And we're back here live on The Labor Show with Jadock and Krause here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Coming up in hour number two, by the way, 715 PA Senator Anthony Williams will join us on the John Doherty Hour. That coming up at 715 and 635 tonight on the other side of our uh, second break. Uh, J-Doc Richard Hooker uh, will be with us. Richard is the president of Teamsters Local 623. But now, back to our conversation with Sam Pond, managing partner of Pond La Hockey. Sam, uh, you know, it, obviously the election uh, discussion is so important. And you're incredibly passionate about it. But I want to also segue into what you guys do at Pond La Hockey and the connection with labor. Um, your commitment to, to organized labor goes deep. Back when you were, a, uh, you know, a, a young man working uh, at the gas workers and for the laborers. And, and um, you, you know, your father was a union guy. Um, and that's transitioned into, obviously, your representation of our workers who get injured on a job. Having said that, uh, what is going on with work comp these days? Um, what I love about what you do is while our men and women are at work working every day, even thankfully the ones, even when they're not hurt, you're fighting for them and for their rights. And it has everything to do with the election, of course. Um, talk about what's going on in that particular world. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a struggle every day. Uh, and, you know, I, I just look at a, a message from Jerry Lee Hockey today about being grateful for what we do and uh, following up with one of our uh, litigation teams and, you know, just them talking about, um, you know, being able to fight for uh, our clients. Uh, you know, Jer- you know, Joe, it's, uh, Jerry and I are still go to the Northeast office once a week, see clients up there downtown, and it's, uh, you know, big mediation on Monday for me with, with a, a building trades at 9 a.m., but it's, uh, it fires us up. It gives us energy. We won't want to be doing anything else, but uh, it is a fight. It is a uh, going against the insurance industry, some big self-insureds, whether it's Amazon or, uh, you know, Zurich or whatever other insurance company is, but it's a fight. My concern and my frustration, and I'm going to talk about just being strategic for someone when they're injured, sure. is, and I wrote some articles recently about this in regard to uh, you know, in the civil field, we have pen- punitive damages, which really deter bad behavior. They punish bad behavior. When people do really bad things in commerce and mistreating human beings that are injured or hurt or have a right to have a hearing, whatever the case may be, uh, we need to penalize them. We need to penalize them because there has to be a consequence for bad behavior that is hurting our citizens. And in workers' comp, we have penalty provisions going all the way back to 1915. And for the listeners to understand, each and every one of the citizens of Pennsylvania and every other, in all the 50 states, all the workers' compensation systems are unique to those states. They gave a constitutional right to sue for damages for negligence against their employer in exchange for workers' compensation benefits. And they were supposed to get the benefit of the doubt. And they were supposed to get the insurance company to pay the attorney fees when the insurance company didn't really have a basis for denying the case. There is none of these deterrents. There's no penalty for someone committed fraud. I spoke to someone last week, and she called me and said, I want to go get a settlement, and here's the settlement. And I went into the courtroom, and I said, I'm not going to do this. I need to talk to an attorney. I don't care if they're going to stop my checks. And I said to her, well, why were they going to stop your checks? He said, well, the insurance adjuster told me that if I got an attorney, they were going to stop my checks. Huh. That's just a blatant piece of fraud, but that's common. That happens each and every day to consumers. They don't have someone there representing them. And it's really frustrating. And we're, going to, we're starting to take some of these cases and have taken cases up to the higher courts to make sure that these laws in regard to being penalized for bad behavior, for fraud, for really taking advantage of injured workers. Look, Krause and, and, and Joe Doc, I'm going to tell you no. We've talked about it a million times. Yep. 99% of these people do not want to be injured and out of work. Right. Our clients don't want to be injured and out of work. They have nothing to gain. And, you know, we talk about this PR. It's like, yep. you know, all this, like, uh, pay tech, paycheck protection that unions face. Well, we face it all the time that – insurance fraud. Well, they, everybody thinks it's, it's, the consumers think it's consumers that are committing insurance fraud. The, the, the vast majority of fraud is being committed by insurance companies. We see it day in and day out. So it's been, it's been a challenge each and every day uh, to fight the good fight. But look, we have the resources, we have the talent, we have the mass, uh, and uh, pound for pound, um, with all the humility, as much as I can muster, uh, you know, we do it better than the other side. 
And you know what scares me? And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. You know what scares no. me? The, 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 the people that are told directly or indirectly that their check's going to stop and they listen. Oh, yeah. That's a and, frightening and, thought. And, and that number of people you, is endless. The list is endless. And you can't get to them because you don't know they're there. So true, so true, uh, Kraus, so, so, so true. And, you know, when they hear from an authoritative figure, at least they think an insurance company adjuster, some 26-year-old who's been indoctrinated and trained to deny cases, when they hear that, they just think that that's gospel. And you're so, it's so true, Joe. It's, you know, we, we, have, we face that all the time, that they think that that's the law. They don't think it's fraud. They just think that an insurance company is telling them the truth. And they walk away paying no MRI, no surgery, no medical treatment, no benefits. And they hobble on to whatever's next, even though they were living paycheck to paycheck. It's a travesty. It's an injustice. And boy, you know, I need anger management in my well, you job. Know, but Sam, I, listen, we know, I know you got to go because you're on a time uh, constraint. But let me just say one thing. Um, the, you know, you're right. We have talked about this a lot. and It gets me fired up, as you well know. I'll take a shot at this one. The grand bargain, when you talk about 1915 and, and, and back then, um, and, and the fact that we gave up the rights to sue our employers so that we could get workers' compensation insurance, and then, and then also the, 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 you know, the right wing wants to do is cut that insurance, cut the medical for it. Um, you can have it, but you know, you, you know, as, as long as it's controlled by the other side. And then you hear all those types of situations. And by the way, that, a lot of that stuff, gutting it, it all happens in a legislative process, which, again, is why people need to get in, in, engaged in 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 the ele- in, in the elective process in the voter process. Uh, comment on that. Well for said, a Joe. Well said. Well said, Joe. And the grand bargain. You've been well taught. You're That's well right. educated. And, the, and and one of the one of the things that we want to do on the show is to educate people. They need to go and see an attorney that does workers' comp to get a consultation. They need to know the inner workings between workers' comp, social security, disability, pensions, etc. And most importantly. Most importantly, if anyone's going to walk away with anything tonight in regard to workers' comp, you will see your own doctor. You will not see their doctor. The 90-day nonsense you have to see their doctor in the first 90 days is not the law. And if you come to be a client of Pondley Hockey, you will see a real doctor and not the insurance company's doctor because if you do, you and your family don't have a chance. You don't have a chance to get better, and you clearly don't have a chance in the court of law. So, yeah, these are really, really important, the grand bargain, uh, and we have to keep on hammering away. But also, when you see someone, you need to be strategic. You need to have a plan. How do I get out of this? Where do you want to go with your life? And make sure that you have the interplay of all the benefits that you've earned, that they are maximized. And that's what you need in regard to getting good counsel. Absolutely. And, and you know, you I, got to get people to get to counsel. Well, if there's a hundred people in the room and it's and a hundred people are injured, is it safe to say that 85 of the hundred, 90 of the hundred are going to accept what the insurance company is telling them and go and go forward? Or are they how going about to this? get represented? Just listen to the, wait, let me just say this. Let me just see this, say this, Joe, doctor, because Krause is on this song, because the Bureau of Workers' Compensation of Pennsylvania, the labor and industry statistics would indicate 
that the number of injuries that are reported and the number of claims that are actually paid on are about the numbers that Krause just said. Wow, In other words, that's scary. people are that's denied. Scary. They reported it, but they're denied. But they don't. They don't make a claim because they don't think they have a claim. It's incredible because they really. were told not. I was just going to say this: if you really want to hear people's emotions after they've gone through and got got it by that by, uh, that system, okay, and then they found somebody who could represent them. Listen to the beginning of our show. Okay, listen to that commercial. Every time yeah. I hear it, it goes right through me. We've all heard the nightmare stories. And by the way, workers' compensation is, I think, the only area of law in the state of Pennsylvania where you need a certification. That's such a complicated area of law. So how can people possibly think if you, they can navigate it on their if own? the public is not going to know, if the 85 people in the room out of the 100 are not going to understand their rights, oh, yeah. then how do you force it from the other side to make sure that they can't be taken advantage well, of? Well, I'll say this. Sam, you're out uh, training labor leaders. Uh, you're going to be you know, at, at one of the city unions this week. You, you, you're constantly yep. over at the SEPTA union. You train the yep. labor leaders. They, they communicate with their members. That's what this yep. show's for. And by the way, Sam... You've educated us many times on the show, but there is one thing I want to say before you go in regards to the grand bargain. Not only have I learned it, learned it from you, but Krause was actually there when it happened. So <laughs> in, in 1915, so, you know, he oh, learned. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Anyway, Sam, listen, man. We I think that both, both of you gentlemen are becoming great advocates for for the union movement in a broad, broad way. But in regard to the legal aspect of it, I love hearing your passion and the fact that you educate people all the time and your anger when people are mistreated. It just makes me feel my. Uh, it's just such a, a heartwarming thing to hear, and I really, really appreciate it. Well, we didn't lick it from the bricks like my grandmother would say, uh, Sam. We appreciate you educating us. And by the way, we wouldn't have this platform if it wasn't for you. And uh, so we really appreciate that. And we love your passion as well. All right, Sam Pond. Good stuff, man. Thank you very much for the uh, jumping on here. And thanks for doing what you do, my friend. Thanks much. All right, good, All right good, good stuff from Sam Pond. We'll get to a commercial break. On the other side, Richard Hooker, President, Teamsters Local 623. Back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. And back here live on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, hour number one of the two-hour show, the John Doherty Hour coming up in hour number two. Special thanks Jay Doc to Sam Pond, who kicked oh, yeah. us off here in hour number one. And then one more time, Jay Doc, um, before we transition into Richard Hooker Jr., President Teamsters Local 623. Um, I did want to get another opportunity to uh, reference the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame. Super excited about our big event coming up a little bit later on in the month of October. And then we'll record live to tape because we're doing a big event on on Saturday on on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, but we will bring that event to life by airing that right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Man, what a what yeah, a yeah the induction what is an saying. induction. 
Michigan, what a first great place to start. Yeah, the induction of Sam Staten Sr. was our first um, inductee, and we're ecstatic about it, man. Uh, you know, I, we're going we're gonna to not only make history, we're going to talk about history and what, uh, you know, brought us to where we are in this movement, why Philadelphia is one of the premier, if not the premier, labor union community in America. And certainly Sam Staten Sr. Um, is a huge reason. Uh, you know, and, and, and a huge contributor to that. So can't wait as well, Joe. All right, good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for being here live tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Richard Hooker, President Teamsters Local 623, uh, I believe is with us, and he joins us now here on The Labor Show with Doc and Krause. Richard, a good Saturday night, my friend. How are you? Good. How about yourselves? Good evening. Well, it's great to have you, Richard. And by the way, you know, when, when you're talking, uh, when, you're, when you're watching a ball game or something like that, and you can surely see somebody like an Aaron Judge, and, and somebody will say, well, that's a future Hall of Famer, right? Well, this is the labor show, and we're talking about Sam Staten Sr., uh, 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 Legends of Labor Hall of Fame honoree. Well, I think we have a future Hall of Famer on the line right now. You are not going to find anybody more passionate about his members and the labor community and workers' rights than Richard Hooker Jr., who's, again, the president of Teamsters Local 623 and the vice president to build up your council AFL-CIO, I might also add. So, Richard, uh, welcome to the broadcast. And uh, one of the things we want to start right off with, and, and we Pat Iding had brought this up on the last time, um, you had recently lost a member. It was a U- UPS truck driver that died on the job. If you would... Because Pat had talked about your passion and obviously addressing this issue. Safety and health is such a big deal. Uh, elaborate on that situation. What happened and what what moves are, your ma- are you making to ensure that that doesn't happen again? Because we know you're committed to safety and health. So thank you. Um, and, and special thanks to Pat Idy for, for talking about that So. It wasn't a package car driver. It was a warehouse worker. Okay. Um, she she passed away on August the 30th, fatality in, in the workplace. Um, we're still investigating that. I'm, we're working with OSHA right now to, to find out the truth because we all know that the companies will always try to hide the truth. So we just want to make sure that we, we have all the information correct before we start doing what we do, but we want to make sure that, number one, that we show respect and pay respect to the family. That's number one. And number two, we want to make sure that um, we have all the facts before we start saying this or that, because what we don't want to happen is we go out there and say something wrong, and then now we've dis- disrespected the family, and now we also disrespected the local union. So we're working with OSHA. Uh, we're just waiting for them to, to, to conduct the investigation, which we will be a part of. And, um, you know, our members, they need answers, and they deserve answers. And we're going to give them those answers because this is not the first time this has happened, you know, in this area. We had a another member um, in February of last year where she had an accident, broke a wrist, and the company decided that they wanted to leave her in the office for over an hour. And while she was in pain, they they believed that the packages were more impor- more important than she was. So we had rallies. We fought that and actually took that case all the way to panel. So now the company has to 
Um, whenever we have a member that is uh, has had medical attention, a shop steward has to be there present uh, to make sure everything is done correctly. And, and, and in the collective bargaining agreement and in negotiations, um, that's where uh, we, we address those issues. How uh, are your contractors in regards to uh, health and safety and, and, and you mentioned the, 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 the shop steward, um, uh, you know, talk about the education that, that our shop stewards have and, and, and what they do uh, that, for example, a non-union job, you know, you'll never hear that word shop steward on, 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 right. a, on, on, a, on a, on a non-union job. Talk about the role of the shop steward and, and talk about, you know, negotiating uh, health and safety. So shop stewards are, Probably not even probably. They are the most important piece of the union. They are they are on the shop floor every day. They have personal contact with the members every day. Um, they know the ins and outs. And if you have a, a great shop shop steward, then it's going to make the the officials of that local union job a lot easier. That way, they can do a lot more things as far as coming up with contracts, coming up with policy. Um, coming up with uh, different ideas and doing some organizing to make the union stronger. Um, one of the things that we, we harp on with our shop stores is communication with our business agents, Letting, you know, making us aware when things are going on because that relationship has to be ironclad. It has to be tight um, because, again, the shop steward is the most important piece of the union cog. If, if the shop steward is not uh, respective of the the local union, then it, it puts the, the, the officers and the union at risk of a lot of bad situations. So um, that's why education of the shop is important. That's why um, making sure they are uh, contract savvy, uh, make sure they know what's going on in the contract and making sure they are, they are part of the contract negotiations. Because again, they're on the shop floor. Now, as it pertains to safety, we in our contract, both our contracts we have here in our local, um, we have safety articles that protects our members. And the company, they of course, you know, they try to, you know, uh, disregard that that article. But then that's where the grievance procedure comes in because, like you said earlier, a non-union, you know, company does not have the grievance procedure, and they don't have safety um, protections. So these things are very important. Um, and so if you have safety in your contract, it gives you leverage um, over the company or certain situations. They just, they just can't disregard safety, even though they may try. There's a grievance procedure there that you can follow and take it through that whole you know procedure and get what you need to get for your member. So and, and, and also is important. Yeah, and, and also your eyes like they're the liaison between the job and the union. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the safety officer. They're, 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 like you said, the grievances go through the, the steward. And you as a labor leader and your business agents, that's your that that's your eyes, ears and eyes on on, on a job. So um, certainly, you know, no question when, when there is a tragedy, uh, you know, an injury to one, you know, is, is a concern of all. And, and so at the end of the day, um, no, no question about it, Richard. I mean, uh, you know, that what you got, and I know because uh, I had heard 
you know, you know, talking to Pat, uh, you know, your passion to address the issue and, and obviously represent your members, you know, is such a big deal. Uh, and and, and uh, so what, what we're, we're going to probably, what, Joe, are we ready for break? Uh, we no, let you know what. Let's. I don't want to make Richard wait through another break. So let's let's keep him. Okay. Let's keep the conversation so, going. Sean, just let us roll out here, and then I'll give you enough time to get us in. So right. Richard, let's segue a little bit here. I know your union has an election coming up in the next year. Talk about what's on the line there. So actually, um, our local union is going through election now. The ballots will be counted November 9th. and okay. the main thing that's that's on the ballot is not particularly the candidates. What's on the ballot right now is the contract. We have two contracts that expire next year, and we need to make sure that those contracts are on the forefront of everybody's mind. We, we need to make sure that our members get what they demand and deserve. The one thing that this pandemic taught us was that America cannot survive without labor. It cannot. It will not. And so we have to make sure that that contract reflects that with our employers. And that's what we plan on doing once we start negotiating, right? So every member that's listening to this, if they listen to it now, listen to it later, when they get that ballot in their hand, they need to understand that it's not about the candidates on there. It's about how they plan on feeding their families for the future. Who's going to negotiate these contracts? Who's going to stand up for them and their, and their families? And we've been doing that for the last two years and, and, and eight months, and we're going to continue to do that next year and beyond. So I'm looking forward to it. I know our members are looking forward to vote for us, and I appreciate their support um, because we, we have to get them the contract they demand because for far too long we've had to take what the company gives us by the previous administrations. That's not going to happen in our administration. Richard, I almost feel as though not only for uh, not only for current union members but for people in the general public who don't have the benefit of working for a union i almost feel as though they're starting to feel or starting to understand more and more how valuable it is to be a member of a union for what you just said absolutely um listen the union set the standards and, and there has been a influx of, of people wanting to organize. You see the PMA, they're on strike now. Um, we just had Brother Vets from um, Home Depot. He's trying to get something started. The Amazon thing is really coming together. Then we got Trader Joe's, Starbucks. You know, everybody understands the importance of having a union because it gives you um, a, a, a voice on the shop floor. And if you don't have a voice, the employer is going to manipulate you. They're going to disregard you. They're going to disrespect you. That's why unions and labor unions are, are so, so important, especially this day and age. And, and Richard, you said something about the pandemic. The one thing we learned, and you know, another thing that we learned is people are not going to work for pennies or peanuts anymore. Okay. And so labor unions... Uh, have even a deeper purpose, you know, after the pandemic, because after pandemic unemployment, people swore, I was one of them that said, okay, so uh, there's going to be job lines, everybody's going to be all over the place, everybody's going back to work. Uh, well, I'll tell you what's not happening. Uh, those employers that are, are not paying a living wage, uh, or who are paying minimum wage, they can't, 
they can't get employees because people don't mm-hmm. want to don't want to settle for that type of situation. Labor unions make it possible uh, for an individual to have a career, okay, and and to be able to feed their family, to live uh, a, a middle class life, uh, to be able to feed their families, uh, have their kids go to school, and maybe take uh, a week down the shore, like John Doherty would say. So uh, your point is incredibly well uh, made there. And, and, and certainly, uh, that's the beauty of the collective bargaining agreement. By the way, in the second hour of our show, we have a couple individuals who are um, out of Workers United, Local 80. That's a newly formed union, uh, the coffee shops um, this, that, 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 that these individuals, uh, they negotiated and organized uh, Starbucks. So, yeah, your, your, your point is incredibly well made. We, we only have a few minutes left. I want to touch a little on the upcoming election. Um, in, you know, the, the Pennsylvania, uh, the, the, the race for governor and, and all the uh, local races. Uh, talk about the importance of that and what's on the line for, for labor. The number one thing on the line for labor, especially when you're talking about the governor's race, is right to work. That's the number one issue. And, and I know Metriano has already said that he plans on, you know, signing any bill to, to strict workers' rights. And we can't have that here in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, if, if that would have happened, I mean, we would be at the mercy of the employer. And we, and we don't need that. Um, so we, we have to make sure that we elect and vote, vote hard for Josh Shapiro and Fetterman and make sure these guys get in office to protect our way of life. And, you know, no candidate is perfect. But when you're talking about um, collective bargaining rights, Worker safety, what we just talked about. All these things are on the ballot. It's not, it's, it's not just their name that's on the ballot, Shapiro or Fetterman. You're talking about your union way of life is on the ballot. How you take care of your family is on the ballot. Collective bargaining rights is on the ballot. You know, uh, women's rights, reproductive rights, all these things are on the ballot, and we need to make sure we take these things seriously because if not, we're going to be at the mercy of all these people. And listen, when you're in a union, you don't, you don't deserve to be um, preyed upon and asking for mercy from the employee because without you, that employer does not make any profit without you. Yeah, and, and, and what's important is uh, the, uh, the education of our members to understand, uh, you, you know, particularly when it comes to voting. I, a, getting out to vote, number one. But number two... Because there's a lot of issues out there, lots of them, social issues, uh, mm-hmm. economic issues, okay? Uh, but having said that, um, you need to educate yourself on what impacts your livelihood, okay? And uh, talk about the importance, because you're, you're, by the way, you're, you're speaking the language right now. You're uh, coming out and, 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 and talking exactly how, you know, what, what, Mastriano would do, okay, in regards to, uh, you know, obviously threatening our collective bargaining rights uh, when you say the right to work. Talk about the importance of educating the members and, and, and the importance of them uh, voting uh, you know, for their economic wealth, welfare. Well, education is, is, is very, very important um, for, for a lot of reasons. But when you're talking about voting, you have to make sure that you educate yourself on the issues Yep. that are important to you and, and your community. Like, for an example, I have a lot of members who, <laughs> unfortunately, they have to, you know, dodge bullets, get into work, and come home from work. 
So um, we need to educate our members on that issue. Hey, listen, you need to know where these candidates stand, not only on collective bargaining, but on community safety. You know, where do they stand on that kind of stuff? You know what I mean? Because it's one thing to, you know, uh, fight against, you know, uh, right to work. But if, if, if the policy is not there to protect you from, and your family and, and the places where they live and, and work, yeah. then that's not going to help you anyway. Because what's the use of making, I don't know, a hundred thousand, a hundred an hour, but then you dodging bullets and ditches and trying to get, you know, from working in school and whatnot. And our kids, man, our kids are getting shot down in the street. Yeah. It, it's, you know? Listen, there could be some tough decisions, man. Uh, but Richard, listen, um, uh, we appreciate, obviously, having you uh, as our guest tonight. And, and keep up the great work, buddy. Uh, you're doing a phenomenal job, and uh, we love having you on the broadcast. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you guys. All right, good stuff from Richard Hooker, President Teamsters Local 623. That's going to do it for this edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Stick around, hour number two on the other side of the top of the hour. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.